Raph, I ordered a tomahawk because I'm going to the mountains this weekend and I want to try my hand at, at tomahawk throwing. So that's what I did, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves throwing a tomahawk is way easy. You're in the mountains, safe distance from other people. I mm-hmm. am Kevin with me, of course, starring hit of last action hero, along with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He wrote it. Rafa Sparza. Rafa, how are you doing this evening? Shane Black. I can't take credit for that masterpiece, but I'm doing great. Um, okay. Let's, I guess, address the first thing, which is you bought a tomahawk? Yeah, dude. It's awesome. They tried to deliver it today, but my building wouldn't let them, so they're going to bring it back tomorrow. What? They wouldn't let a weapon just sit there for no reason? No, Weird. no. So I'll post a picture on Instagram when it arrives. Walk me through your thought process of wanting to get this tomahawk, and then also quickly explain why it is that you think you deserve one, despite your issues. So, one... I think it's a cool thing to, like, pick up as you enter the mountains. Like, I'm never going to be into knife throwing, but, like, something sort of eclectic. And I saw this, like, set of three and was like, I might be able to do that. So I'm going to try it. Plus, it's just good to have one for some wood chopping and general badassery. (laughs) Wood chopping. I'm sorry. It comes with a sheath. How much wood chopping are you doing? I don't know, Raph. It's my first trip to the mountains, but it could be a lot if what I've seen on the movie Son-in-Law is true. Yep. Kev. Tell me, time out. You wouldn't, Hmm. and what makes me think I should own one is that I was able to pay the $28.99 to the SOG specialty on Amazon Prime. Wait, I'm sorry. How much is that? Uh, It was like $28.99. Oh, okay. Eh, that's not bad. I guess what I'm asking is, Kev. Yeah, that's good. Did you have an adult? who said it was okay and follow up. Will you have an adult with you to observe you as you do this? Because I'll have my lawyer and Mm. best friend, Kevin Meckley from we've known each other since way back. No adults will be present now that you're saying it out loud though. I see what you're saying. Okay. I just want to make sure. So I did tell my mother she was not a fan of this business. Oh, why? Why was she not a fan? Probably because she remembers back to a time when she first got me a Swiss Army knife and I cut myself. <laughs> I tried to blame the tree. She cracked that code. It was tough. You was tried tough to moment. what the tree? I tried to blame the tree like it wasn't the knife. Like I was like, cut myself in the tree. Was... How did you cut yourself? I was trying to saw off a little piece of branch. Came down, cut the thumb. Just a little wow. bit. Wow. Cute little slices. Well, I mean, the good news is you've definitely learned a lot from that incident. That was a moment I reflect on. Yes. Well, the people who normally tune in did not hear the Raph and Kevin Woodsman Hour. <laughs> this is not what the podcast not. normally does. No. So let's talk about UFC Japan. Yes, that's a little bit more on brand. First of all, mm-hmm. Uriah Hall spinning back kicks someone that's ducking. Yeah. And then flying knees him into zombie mode and then has to beat the zombie down before it. Can we call it zombie mode? No, but sure. 
You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Gregard Masazi was incomplete, like bounce around, like it's like that guy needs to be. Somebody needs to sit him down and hit him with some cold water before he turns into that forever. This is interesting because Kevin sends me a text as we're doing this, which is, well, Adam Sella is no longer the biggest highlight on. Uriah nope. Hall's Congrats. highlight reel. That's and I don't know to. that that's true. I still think that Uriah Hall's recency, recency is primacy. Jesus. Yeah. No, I still think Uriah Hall's uh, kick uh, on that season of The Ultimate Fighter, obviously our favorite season, season, which one, Kevin? 17. There we go. Is uh, obviously one of the best seasons of all time, but... I still think that one holds a harder place in the tough history and in UFC history. I don't disagree with you. Not in UFC history, though, because this was kind of a big knockout on a big stage. Oh, don't get me right. Like, I I totally understand what you're saying here. However, what I am arguing is if you're just basing it on kicks and highlight reel package, (laughs) it's a way better kick. However, this one was really cool. The knee is a factor. The knee is great. However, for me, it's the jumping precision because that's a tough kick, especially as he knew he was shooting in. And they designed that kick specifically for when Gegard was going to be rushing in for a takedown. So that is truly impressive. Yeah. And frankly, that's why I also like I I agree with you. The simple act of the kick is not better. I'm arguing the kick plus knee combo is what makes it better (laughs) as an overall action clip. I'm not going to get behind you on that one. However, sure, both really, really cool clips to have if you are a fighter. Um, And, you know, Uriah definitely got on the mic afterwards and said Uriah kind of stuff, which is, hey, you know, you guys, if you put me up against the wall, I will... Do something I'll impressive wall because ball tournament if it's I woo I haven't thought this through. But uh, Uriah Hall. So uh, there was that. But Kev, there was also another uh, I mean they had pretty good fights, so their main card was pretty good. I didn't get to see the undercard, but I got to see the full three hour show. And uh, we have to talk about Big Country and Josh Barnett, would you like to ask me some questions about that? Yes. What goes on here? Because, first of all, I love that he was like, why is he being such a dick? I want to hear what that was about. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Josh Barnett comes out. Looks really, really cut for him. Uh, my uh, my good cousin, Marty, who you know. Yeah. Cousin Marty sends me a text and says, hey, man. I traveled back to 1983 again. 1985, actually, you know. Well, I figured your cousin was more of an 83 guy. Nah. Okay. Nah, he's a little younger than that. But anyway. So, uh, back to the future reference aside, celebrating its 30th anniversary this year, you guys. Uh, my cousin Marty sends me a text and he's like, dude, I don't know if you know this, but the odds in Vegas literally just turned 30 points in favor of of Josh Barnett just by his walkout, which means they saw him look a little bit more cut and said, oh, well, we should probably Holy shit. <laughs> He's like, I've just never seen anything like that before. And with good reason. Josh Barnett is a scary, scary man. However, he was facing Roy Nelson, who is a very difficult man 
to make quit. Now, both of these guys are pretty up there in age. Ryan Nelson's about 39. I think Josh Barnett's in the 38 range. Also both up there in caloric intake. Well, one more than the other. <laughs> so when you are watching this fight, it is what you're kind of going into zombie mode, I guess, if you're kind of referring to that again, Kev, is that Roy Nelson's on Dream Street for a good portion of this, but he's not getting knocked down. And you do get concerned because Barnett's hitting him with some great shots. And if I could be so bold as to proclaim this, but even though he is getting the shit kicked out of him for most of the fight, Roy Nelson looked like he was starting to pick up steam at the end of that fifth round. And that's just weird. It's a little bit. I mean, that's what Roy Nelson has always kind of been known for. He comes out those last championship rounds and really knocks the shit out of people. But Josh Barnett is a very sharp fighter when he's in shape. Like that's always been his one issue is longevity in the fight. Yeah, I mean, great fight. I would highly recommend you guys watch that one. There was one person who said that maybe, just maybe, this should be the fight where Roy Nelson walks away from. He did look slow. Uh, Well, I mean, yeah, dude, but he's Roy Nelson. He just kind of looks slow, period. Yeah, I guess no one's ever said, boy, Roy Nelson looks fast. Man, he's getting really up there on his. uh, Roy Nelson's gotten quicker. The only person who's ever said Roy Nelson is fast is one of the chefs at an all-you-can-eat buffet because, my friends, Roy Nelson, his greatest attribute, his greatest offense is the fact that he's incapable of dying and that he's super durable. So that's really cool to watch and see. Um, Plus the power of a only brisket diet, you know. Mm-hmm. Impressive. You can't overlook that at, at the least. So I guess I want to say that was a good fight to watch. But, Kev, there was also some other kind of weird thing that happened on this this fight cart night. Do you know what I'm referring to? Oh, my God. Please tell me it's about the meme you sent me that made me cry. Okay. Yes, it would be. So it's not actually tough Japan, but it's just easy enough to go ahead and write it that way. That would be the ultimate fighter in Japan. It's not quite that because the UFC probably pussied out at the last minute and said, let's not call it tough. Instead, it was called the road to the UFC, (laughs) which clever marketing UFC. Very different. Almost tricked us. Yep. It's to say, I guess, maybe to make the argument that the people on the ultimate fighter on, on the road to the UFC. But I digress. Those are just... Words. Uh, what happened was they had two guys who fought. They fought their hearts out, and it was a great fight. And I don't know. I mean, I was in the middle of doing something else as I was watching these fights. So I can't tell you heads or tails who actually won. But it ended up being a draw, Kevin, which is a problem when you are saying that, that you're trying to declare you're trying to declare a person who's going to get a contract. Imagine for a second if at the end of the World Cup they finished in a draw and they were like, yeah, well, that's it. Oh, fuck the World Cup. Just say at the end of – no, I love the World Cup. But I mean like fuck that metaphor. Say it's the Super Bowl and they're like, Tizies, K, everybody go home. Sorry for trying to go soccer. You know, again. I love soccer. You know that. I'm just saying go to the the highest pinnacle and say – Yeah, Super Bowl, right? Oh, Patriots and Seahawks are tied. What a year. Everybody wins. Yes. So anyway, what I guess I am alluding to here is the fact that they ended up getting a draw. Now, mathematically, 
they spat out a number that I just said, that can't be true. But let me get your first impressions. If I were to say the following, Kev, because it's hard to tie, right? What would you assume a tie means? I would think a tie means it was like a 28, 29, 28, 29, 28, 29. Well, that's not a tie. However. Well, going the other way, 29, 28, 28, 28. We got to explain numbers to you. Anyway, uh, you would think maybe 28, 28, right, Kev? Yeah. Okay. What if I were to tell you it was a 29, 29? That's a really high score. For two people to get in the same round, isn't it? That would mean that they each would have to get a 10-10 in one round, right? Yes. And that's what happened. Holy shit. So in the deciding ballot, there was a 10-10 round, which, I mean, it was a great fight. I don't know that I could give a 10-10 round. And it was one of the first cases where they did. Now, Kevin... This is where you come in because you saw the meme, which means you saw the actual action that happened when Bruce Buffer was about to make the announcement. So I want you to walk people through exactly what happened. Okay, here's what happens. The referee is all poised to do the throw up, the hand throw up. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen it in Rocky. You've seen it in every great fight movie ever. It's one of the things they still do great. Buffer yells your name. The hand goes up. Well... That's what happens when there's a winner. (laughs) Apparently what happens when it's a draw is the referee looks behind himself confusingly as Bruce Buffer announces, it's a draw, and then bewilderingly looks back, half-heartedly holds both hands up in like a hurrah, fuck this, (laughs) throws hands down, pats back, walks away, and everyone just has this confused look. And he just does this, like, he holds it up like he's holding up the arms of a toddler. Just like, oh, fuck. I will say there are fewer things that made me laugh as much as the referee who just goes, meh, all right. We're done here, guys. Let's pack it up. Uh, we'd also like to thank Grappling Weekly for uh, reposting our uh, our video. It's doing quite nicely over there. So if you haven't seen it, check out our memes on Instagram. You can catch us at Verbal Tapcast. Um, I mean, I don't oh, know what else to say well. other than I think it's hilarious. And uh, I guess the good news is they both ended up getting contracts. So that's great. But do you want to know what Dana White said? Because I guess he wasn't out in Japan, Kev. He said what? What did he say? Okay, so what ends up happening is, you know, in the Ultimate Fighter, when they go, uh, what happens when they do two rounds and there's not a winner? They go a third. What is that round called? Overtime. Mm, keep thinking. Extra round. Keep thinking. Champion round. Mm, no, that's for championship fights. Keep I going. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> he basically was calling. For the fact that there should have been a sudden death round. Sudden so death his, round. That's right. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, close. I mean, it was nice to hear you kind of hone uh, in on the charades your way through it. Um, however, uh, this was what Dana White tweeted out. And I'll read it in Dana White voice because why not? Dana White. Should have been a fourth fucking round to get a fucking winner. Hashtag ridiculousness. <laughs> that's all he had to say that's fucking great (laughs) oh man 
Never one to mince words. You know, I mean, <laughs> it'd be a shame if he had some sort of pull in that sort of thing, but I guess he doesn't. So, you know, it is. It is what it is. I am <sighs> baffled by every day. So let's go across the pond. Where our man, you know, we like to give a shout out to L.C. Davis, one of the hardest workers, great guy to talk to in the game. We always like to support our friends. Yes. Had a great fight, didn't go his way. Did not, however, I will say this. He had a big issue that night, which was uh, the very good wrestling of uh, Joe Warren. Um, It is a little troublesome because you could tell that L.C. wanted to stand up and bang and you could tell that Joe was content on trying to make this a wrestling match and just keeping him pinned down the entire time, which obviously an effective strategy. So uh, to LC, who obviously is a good friend of ours, no shame in what you did, man. And uh, he was very gracious in defeat, put up a nice status update that said, hey, we knew that was the plan. It was tough to beat. So, you know, you can't fault him and you can't really fault Joe Warren. Unless you're a fan, you want to see maybe a little bit more excitement in action, but that's no big deal. What we will say is this. Elsie uh, will know you're you're going to come back stronger, and uh, congratulations over, uh, of course, to Travis Conley for getting him prepped. I mean, he just always continues to look dangerous, though, Kev. Yeah, not like he got finished. Just, no. You know, decisions. Just, it happens, man. And, uh, you know, he'll come back stronger, so we know that for sure. We also want to put a nice now. Note out to our good friend Bobby McDaniel, who also fought uh, his heart out this weekend. Didn't go his way on the decision either, and uh, we hope he is good. Bubba is good people and good friends on this podcast, so we will we will be looking out for him, and we look forward to hearing up what is next. We'll catch up with them soon. So, Bubba, yep. Um, Raph, I mm-hmm. swear I don't think you're taking me seriously enough. Okay. A fighter That's missed okay. weight by 17 pounds. <laughs> I want to hear you explain why I am not taking you serious. On friends this. do not let friends weigh in 17 pounds overweight at a professional MMA event. Is it a okay. stretch that I will fight professional MMA? Yes. Maybe. Maybe. Huge, huge stretch. Never would Maybe. Happen. But is it? Possible. No, it shouldn't be. Either way, you should be willing to commit that if it were happening, you would be like, Kevin, you are still 19 pounds or 25. How many pounds do you have to be above to weigh in 16? You are still 33 pounds, and it's tomorrow, but things are fine. You look great. I, you know, I would really try my hardest to be the best quarterman slash hype man slash manager slash whatever it is you need if you were to fight, even though I'd know in my heart you'd lose no matter what. But having said all that, you know, there's only so much I can do. And if you're asking me, and this is what you put on my Facebook wall, which was you were saying, hey, Raph. Would you make sure that I would never make it to being that fat? And for you, I say, uh, that's a tough kind of order to give me because you like the food and you like being normal and living the life you like, you know? So I do love food. I don't know that I could do that. I would try, but then I also know come day three of camp, you'd be yelling at me. See, guys. And you'd be really pissed that I'd be asking you to do things like, I don't know, stop being fat. 
It was burned calories, you know? Okay. Well, at least we talked it out. Um, however, what you wanted to talk about on the podcast, and I have not forgotten this, was things that you would say to you or to this guy who was oh, trying yeah. to cut those yeah, 17 yeah. pounds. Yeah, uh, we were trying the- to think of like, how do you address that in the room? <laughs> Because I guess we all try to, you know, make it a real situation. I guess it was this weekend. And, and very sorry to Ryan Couture who had to endure that. But, Kevin, what would you say? I genuinely am curious. Like, okay, let's say we're five hours beforehand. Mm-hmm. And he's probably at like 26 pounds, 25 pounds because he apparently did try and cut. That's sure. what they were saying. Mm-hmm. So, so it's just like you're just standing there. It's like, whew. Hey, the first 10 fly off. Don't worry. I I know this. The first 10 or 15, it's like you're just you're losing base water weight. Mm-hmm. And then like, 20 minutes later it's like, "Okay. <laughs> okay. Um have we tried the suit? Have we done the suit thing?" <laughs> and people at that point I would definitely be like starting to look around just like Okay, where can I get a drink to muster this up? What would be your first try at that? That would be my first try. That's me first. Okay, so we're talking five hours. Five hours. Okay. So I'd start by saying, man, that's so great. Remember how we were trying to cut 26 pounds? Well, we still got to cut some more. We're not quite there, but guess what? We got five hours, and I've done the math, okay? You want to hear the math? This is working totally in your favor. That is only 3.4 pounds every hour. Think about that. 3.5, 3.5, like, that's easy. That's Oprah weight. You piss that out every hour, no problem. Okay, and I guess if you really, really want to think about it, and believe me, I can't because I'm in your corner, that's like <laughs> 0.05 pounds a second Get or a minute. It's a minute. It's a you know. 0.05 a, a minute. So think about it in that way. If you were cutting 0.05 every minute, you're going to make it no problem. So let's think about that, okay? What's that? Do you just cry a tear right there? This, you just did your minutes work. Keep it up. Keep it up. You're doing great. That's, I think, roughly about what I'd be talking about. That's not a terrible strategy either. The cry weight loss. It's like you show them kitten things, <laughs> like separation. Well, because Homeward here's Bound, the thing that you I, show I them learned... the first 30 minutes of Homeward Bound on repeat. <laughs> Don't show them another yeah. part of it. No, no, Kev. That, now I know your weakness. Now I know when we're rolling next. I just have to conveniently have that playing in the background, and I'll get every pass I want. I, they, if they were going to make us watch Saw in second grade, they would have warned us about the graphic content. <laughs> but when they sat us down to watch Homeward Bound, no one was like, hey, emotional destruction's headed your way, so buckle up. It's going to be a miserable two hours. Noted animal lover Kevin Phillips probably was not doing well after that that viewing. I'm sure in second grade. Oh, I was like God, oh, fuck! Is this optional? What is the message <laughs> that everything we love leaves us? Got it. Did you just start looking down at the ground real quick and you're really? like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just couldn't believe this was part of the curriculum. I love kitties. I love puppies. I just want to see them at home. Can I go shoot no. something like the basketball? I mean. Uh, okay, so anyway, so there's all that stuff. Um, but, Kev, you know the big secret of that is, and this is something I learned by doing retail, 
which is if you just confuse people with numbers enough, they stop. You did destroy me. I was dead. I was genuinely like, Could we just stop the numbers. I'll do what you're asking. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. People get Two really, really tired. I was like, oh, fuck. You just get back on the cycle and you're like, shut up, Raph. Oh, I hate you. Uh, and then you get through it. And then at that point, I'd probably like, as you're doing that, whisper to the like other training partners, he's not going to make it. He's not going to start yeah. a mental place <laughs> that this fat fuck has ruined our careers and our dignity. And we need to separate ourselves now. Everybody go work on your resumes right now. Because we're all outs of jobs. Everybody's because done. Because he can't make weight. That guy is fucking fat. Because he's a fatty. And let's be real. He's always been fat. Hey, hey, you're done. doing great. You, That's hey. the type of tenacity over there I need. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. for you, buddy. Hey, 0.75 a minute. Am I right? Hey, go get in the sauna. Okay? Go get in the sauna real quick. He's so fat. Guys, I bought us 10 minutes. Let's all write our resumes. Let's go. Again. So yeah, that's about he, what I would Oh, do. he passed out. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> that's the best time to leave somebody is when they passed out. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, it's from the, the reverse Burrow camp. Um, what was... Oh, hey, maybe we're feeling feisty mm. because our centrifugal motion has been slightly Weird. tinted. No. No? No. Did that make I it hate- sound cooler? No, I hate when I know when we've talked about the outline for the show and I know what the transitions are supposed to sound like. And that's and then they just that type of crash. Movie. What are you talking about, Kevin? The blood moon. Mm, okay. The moon that inspired the Twilight series. The moons that that's having its period right now. Yeah, that one. That moon. Hey, look, guys, it's a moon. Like, are you guys really entranced by this thing? Yeah, I mean, I kind of... Well, we can't see it. It's overcast, but... It's a moon, and it's a different color for one day. You posted, relax. Yeah, people have been, like, having a blood party. Everybody's here. I saw saw blood moon drinks, Raph. They were blood mimosas. And while that sounds delicious, I don't like what it stands for. Somebody was also telling me that we're not going to see this for another 10 or like 20 years or something like that. And I just oh, go, fuck. I just go, good. What an inconvenience that's been to my social media feeds. No, but it's not even the social media feed thing. It's just uh, everybody getting really excited about it. And then I look around and I go, so what does this different moon do? Nothing. Nothing? Cool. Glad we were here, everybody. I've Going heard better if you don't see it, you're a witch. <sighs> but that's just what your cousin Marty texted me from 1771. Nailed it. Call back. Wow. Wow, Kev. I can't believe you are finding ways to put in Back to the Future references for somebody that you like on this show. Just dropping historical what-whats. No, you're not. Anyway, we've got other stuff that we need to do. <laughs> yeah. Which include? Over under Kevin. Yes. We should Here probably go do that right now. Let's do it.
So, Kev, you know, it is about the time when there is another UFC, which means it is time to do another installment of Over Under Kevin, correct? I guess. Uh, truth be told, and, you know, once again, you're, you're on the books. You're an organizer. You're a planner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am a date mixer-upper. So I actually thought this card was in two weeks. It's not. Mm-hmm. And that was, as you broke the news to me a few minutes ago. So I'm excited early. It's like Christmas is on the 20th. So here's the thing. You are telling me you did not do any research for this. Hardly. I'm just saying I didn't know when the fights were, though. I did not do any research. Do you own a calendar? Do you understand the simplicity of how easy it is to look at a calendar and understand how dates work? I guess the answer you're looking for is yes. Well, I would like for you to every once in a while reference them. Okay. Noted. Noted. You know, I'm learning. All right. Well, my first podcast. The good news is, Kev, because I'm on my game, uh, (laughs) I was able to actually secure somebody who will not only be your opponent for over under Kevin, but also was at Masters Worlds this weekend. And uh, will be able to give us a little bit about that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a good friend of ours. You may know him from WB Survival. That would be White Belt Survival. Uh, his name is Jesse Saxon. Jesse, how are you doing, man? I'm excellent, guys. How are you? Not bad. Some of us more organized than others. But you know, Jesse, that's not important. The important thing is, is that you were a guest on our show. And you did one already kind of Kevin blooper is what I would like to call. Would you like to tell the audience what your Kevin blooper was? You, are you referring to the the photograph incident in IDJJF this weekend? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm I'm asking about the. Hey, Raph, feel free to contact me at this number. Raph would never hold well, a grudge three days old. This has got to be fresh. See, well, as you mentioned, that was at Masters over the weekend. And for those of you that might not know, that takes place in Vegas. And for Anyone who's ever been to any sort of Vegas event, there's typically some sort of drinking involved, and I had inadvertently used my fat thumbs to send Raph the wrong phone number. <laughs> so that doesn't sound like the jiu-jitsu crowd to me, Raph. Drinking true. at a Vegas tournament, that just doesn't sound right. I worked so hard to get this booking down, and I was texting, <laughs> I don't know, somebody who I guess was really, really... Uh, enthralled that they were going to be put on our podcast. Hey, but I was UFC is a global sport. You can text almost anyone. They're I was in. like, damn, he's really not responding. Okay, well, let's check and see on uh, this. I'll, I'll shoot him a DM or something. And sure enough, you're like, where have you been messaging me? And I go, hmm, well, I see the kind of caliber of guests we've booked here today. But I digress. Jesse, yeah, yeah, other than that, you're good people. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not really mad. Did you warn just, him I'm on a streak? Uh, no, I didn't warn I didn't him about crack anything. An ass. As you may have heard earlier, Kevin, I referred to it as a Kevin blunder. So, uh, yes, sure. Uh, Jesse, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, for those of us who may not be familiar or uh, maybe know WB Survival, give us an introduction if we've never heard of the website. Well, the uh, the website uh, I started just over a year ago, um, a couple of months after I got my, my blue belt. Uh, reason for it was is I just I, you know you, you get into the internet and you try to find things as a white belt when you try to find your game but there's like a lot of unspoken rules in jiu-jitsu where uh, you're not necessarily always told the right things to do or or even like 
how to buy a gi and what is a sizing chart and why are different oh, gis. Jesse, true story. Yeah. I bought a I bought a gi covered in Gracie stuff for my first week at a non Gracie gym. Really embarrassing. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. So that's what, I just kind of wanted to start the blog is basically kind of big brothering and like newer guys to try to make them comfortable, answer some general questions, and with with the approach of hey, listen, I was just a white belt, so I'm a little bit more closer to your situation than maybe somebody that was a white belt eight or nine years ago that says, just keep showing up. You'll make it. You'll be fine. You know, so I'm, I, I feel like I was a little bit closer to um, their plights, and I thought, hey, you know, somebody really needs to do something to help out the new guy, so, you know, why complain about it when you can fix it? So that's how White Belt Survival got started. And like I said, that was just about a year ago, and it's been uh, it's been going well so far. And it's a ton of good, helpful shit, too, if you're traveling, which Raph and I always talk about um it's sort of always good to remind yourself what the baselines are if you're going to be traveling to different gyms, especially if you're not experienced. Uh-huh. And I think it also helps with that. So it's like everybody's a white belt at a new gym. It doesn't matter what you're walking yeah. in, <laughs> strapped with. It's not always fun. Uh, Kev, you may also know uh, Jesse as the guy uh, who, when I put up a picture of Razor Ramon, he <laughs> very quickly, as a true WWE BJJ fan, uh, immediately picked up an unfortunate training partner of his and proceeded to put him in a razor's edge. Oh. Yeah. So it was a, he's it was a fellow rough. pro wrestling nerd that also circles this jiu-jitsu community? Well, yeah, it's kind of like uh, Jeff Glover uses jiu-jitsu just to try to get into pro wrestling. I'm not too far away from that. <laughs> are you talking about Jeff Glover or are you talking about Jeff Bar- or Josh Barnett? No, no, no. I met Jeff Glover. Somebody, I, I heard an interview with him once that he got into jiu-jitsu just to be able to get into pro wrestling and do pro wrestling moves on people. That's hilarious because I've seen him do a camel clutch on somebody, and I was yeah. like, hmm, yeah, I know you are a nerd. That's, that's something. Jesse, before we get started yeah. talking about Masters Worlds, I do want to ask you this. Uh, obviously, you've shown your true colors as a, a pro wrestling fan. Did the poor person end up getting launched down, or did you spare them – the actual razor's edge, the full extent of it. Well, it's kind of like poker, man. I can't, I can't show my cards and let you know how it really worked out. I just like to to flirt and let you assume how the ending worked. But um, just do me a favor. What, what were the last three words you said? You just like <laughs> just to like what? To, just like to like to flirt and out there with you guys. Like, let okay. you wonder how it went so down. Flirt and let the ending work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For those following at home, wow! Uh, I'll add a instant replay in yep. in post. So we have to work on phrasing. Uh, <laughs> speaking of unfortunate moments, and I know people really want to get to the game, but we do have to talk a little bit about Masters. And Jesse, yeah. the first thing I'm going to ask you about is when one of the photographers happened to see you in the uh-huh. visitor or the spectator section. What was your response? I panicked and flexed. <laughs> so explain Listen, what panic and flexed means because we may so be able to put the photo in the write-up of this week's show panic flexed yeah kev yeah i'll show you the photo real quick it's a new hashtag it's fantastic now right so you know, <laughs> i was watching a seminar and um the the photographer was walking around me and my training partner were there 
he kind of dro- drops the camera, looks at us, and kind of gives us a nod, like, hey, I'm about to take your picture. And there was that moment of, what do I do with my hands? And I just lifted them both up and flexed my biceps and showed the entire jiu-jitsu community <laughs> the gun show. And a complete panic move. You know, like my, my wife will always make fun of me whenever I go to a bar and, like, the bartender catches me offhand. He's like, what can I get you? And I'm like, blue moon. And I don't even like blue moons. that's what happened to me at at, at IBJJF with the photographer he showed up and put the camera up and I just flashed biceps for some reason wow I mean it it was a choice so Kev the thing is you haven't seen the photo yet have you Kev I unfortunately have not okay well look in the chat real quick because I have sent it over to you and know that this is the human being that you're going to take on while you look at that photo uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask Jesse. Uh, so what was it like competition-wise for you out there? You know what? Um, it, it, was, it was a great event. Competition was great. Um, the guy that I ended up losing to, um, you know, everybody's got their gripes on how and why they lost. I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to get better. But, you know, I think um, when you enter any IBJJF tournament, you're asking for kind of top-tier competition. And, that even kind of gets a little more uh, cream of the crop to it whenever you make a destination trip for the Masters World Championship. So I think anybody that competes, you know, you're looking at somebody who's really serious about the event and trained and prepped for it and didn't just sign up haphazardly to get, you know, a couple of matches in. So, I mean, every match that I watched, there was fantastic. And I didn't watch mine. I don't know how fantastic it was, but I can tell you it was more fantastic for the other guy. <laughs> well, I've heard competition can be tough. Uh, I don't know if the, I don't know if the rumor is true. You also got to see some matches. What was some of the a highlight watch? Outside of, by the uh, way, nice guns. Can I just say, if you're gonna you. throw them to the beast like <laughs> that, whoa, 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 and that's whoa, whoa, what Kev, I'm gonna Kev, call that, Kev, Kev. Huh? Time out for a second. I'm gonna talk directly to Jesse. Jesse. Do you see what he's doing right now? Do you really, like, are you falling for this? No. Yes. Really? Really? You don't see that you're about to compete with him and this whole false, hey, nice guns. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's kind of luring me in a little bit. Okay. You know, trying, okay. To, trying to have him get my guard down, play good cop for a little bit. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I mean, I'm just saying this is the same thing as people think right before they get swept. So, uh, well, yeah. all right, go ahead, Kevin. Well, as a sequel, he should get those calves out. He knows what I'm talking about. So <laughs> did you get to see any good matches? Yeah. Um, highlight for me, um, outside of hanging out with Kurt Osiander for a few hours, which I could go on and on about that, but I love um, seeing, man, but yeah, seeing uh solo barrow throw gigantic men on their head and win. That was fantastic for me, and getting to meet him. Um, but yeah, like watching Salo compete is always like such a pleasure. I mean, even if you're watching on TV, it was my first time seeing him compete in person. But man, just like, see, like the like I said, the size of the, the one guy he fought in the finals match, he was, the dude was like enormous. He looked like the mountain from Game of Thrones. <laughs> and you know, and honestly, God, like I met Salo, he's not much bigger than me. And I just looked at that guy and went, nah, it's like, it's like wrestling with a garage. 
<laughs> you know, Solo had a great weekend. I think a lot of the clips have been coming up uh, already. Like the the really short, cool, not only jujitsu game, but almost judo game that he seems to have that is always spectacular and a notch above everybody uh-huh. else. But, uh, you know, Solo wasn't the only one who was competing this weekend. Uh, it looked like somebody else had an exhibition match. Maybe his brother. Yeah, yeah, his brother had an exhibition match. Um, I can't recall the guy's name that he he went up against, but he was it was he was a blind guy, and that was uh, that was sort of fun to watch too. Um, and yeah, Shanji just kind of out of um, out of the blue came up and said that he was willing to put on the game do an exhibition match, and everybody just ran over to the mat. It was really fun to watch. What a fucking cool thing, Kevin. Could you know. imagine if you and I showed up there and were like, hey, guys, Kevin and I are going to do a match. Great where's, news, everybody. Hey, where's everybody Exhibition. going? <laughs> no one even turns around. They're like, uh, hey, could you well, shut up? Comprito's fighting. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's kind of funny about that on that same note, too, is when uh, Salo was competing, like the whole crowd was standing up on their chairs. Like even the back tier of the bleachers people were standing up on their chairs to watch. And anything Salo did, the place went crazy. He had a guy in what, from where I could tell, was like some sort of lapel choke. It might have been like a, a bow and arrow attempt almost. And the guy escaped. No cheering from the crowd whatsoever. Nobody gave a crap at all. Like Salo does like one thing <laughs> and the place erupts. This guy gets out of a submission from one of the greatest competitors ever. Not a clap in, in the whole place. <laughs> People, uh, you know, <laughs> jujitsu. We just we like our names. We're just such <laughs> name whores. I'm, I'm thinking, like, can you imagine what it's like being out there fighting salad, knowing that the whole place doesn't isn't cheering for you at all? Like the whole place wants <laughs> everyone's you to energy wants you to get yeah. tossed. I was about to say it's the way Kevin and I start every podcast. We know nobody's cheering for us. So. Yeah, we can. Feel <laughs> We're very used we to we can feeling. we can kind of understand it. Also, having done stand up comedy. Coordinate uh, with two us. press people, and mm-hmm. uh, you've pretty much experienced. Well, Jesse, do you have any other final words about Masters before we transition into the game, if you would? I do. Um, if you guys ever do get a chance, and I'm talking to anybody listening, if you guys ever get a chance to talk to Curtis Yander, one of the coolest experiences of my life, getting to watch him like prep for his matches. You know, like I learned how to tape my fingers watching Kurt's move of the week video on taping fingers, and then I got to see it in real life. It was kind of like a weird moment. And then, um, uh, if anybody gets the opportunity to go to an IBJJF period, it's a cool experience. It's a, uh, it's fun for spectators. It's fun for competitors. I'm going to be doing a write up on it for the blog. On uh, it's going to be the second part of my series for BJJ competitions. One is basically the first part was standard competitions and then this follow-up is going to be an IBJJF one where I'm going to talk about what it's like to compete in one of those types of tournaments. Well, that's fantastic. I look forward to not reading it and then telling you that I did. Thank you. But Thank you. It looks like we have a game afoot. Uh, Kev, what do you assume about your opponent now that you've heard him talk so well? Uh, frankly, I, I think we're going to have a few flexing moments here when we have Ooh. stunned silence because wow. I think he's about to be reintroduced to that panic. Here's the thing, Kev, and I'll, I'll go ahead and bring this over to Jesse before we get started. This is where the trash talking uh, segment does begin. But Jesse, you should know something. Your guns are bigger than Kevin's and you are not taller or bigger than him. Well, I'm definitely bigger. Mm. 
Uh, I don't know. Kev's pretty, you know, on the side of, you know, the scale. I look like the mountain's cousin. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you were just saying that maybe my arms weren't going to be big enough because I'm pretty Jack Diesel. I look like if Jesus did five to ten for car theft. (laughs) Oh, I like it. I like it. I want to steal it. I'll give you credit. (laughs) So, no. gentlemen, uh, I think it's a good time to transition to the game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. And now to the next it's time moment. for the thrilling installment of Over Kevin. Kevin. I was literally just saying those words. <laughs> like you do understand that, right? I, my timing is shitty. Yeah, everyone, no, everyone could hear you, Raph. Even when you stopped, everyone was like, "Uh oh." Like verbal tap beat. I was minutes away, maybe seconds away from just uttering those words. <laughs> and you were deciding, well, let's go ahead and play it anyway. Uh, truth be told, I was just trying to hit to, to, to cue it. Mm-hmm. Crushed it, though. Gave it the okay. old fat thumb well, uh, as my opponent. Yeah. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you're joining us for the first time, and you may be, uh, welcome, of course, obviously. We're playing a game called Over Under, Kevin. The way this works is we go all the way through a pay-per-view card. In this case, there are 13 fights. So the way it goes is each person, that would be Kevin or Jesse, gets 15 seconds to say who they think is going to win. Then, if I so feel like it, they will get 15 seconds for rebuttal time. The way it's going to go is best out of the 13 is going to win. If there's tiebreakers, we're going to go down to fight of the night and performances of the night bonuses. And whoever picks the most, well, we'll find out a little bit later. But uh, we have Jesse. Uh, so, Jesse, uh, how do you feel now? Do you Are you a good UFC kind of picker for this sort of stuff? I've got over 100% accuracy rating on my UFC picks. It's documented. Wow. All right. Well, I found somebody with the equal amount of ego as Kevin. Kevin, your thoughts? Uh, sorry. Hold on. I'm finishing a text to Peyton Manning to tell him um, what I was picking in the second prelim. He likes to get my advice before we. Does he? Yeah. Does he? he was just hit at <laughs> halftime. He said, hey, get my picks so I can Vegas that out. What was the well, question? Uh, the question is, why are you such an idiot? <laughs> what? I think there was some drugs done in the womb. I haven't confirmed it. I'm, I'm pretty sure we can confirm it. Guys, we're going to go ahead and start the game. Uh, so the way it works, like I said, we're going to give you guys 15 seconds. And, gentlemen, just remember, I do not want a clean fight. Low blows at every opportunities. Do you understand the rules? Yes. And, Jesse, if you're confused about the time, you get five more seconds than your sexual encounters last. So just add five. Go ahead, Ref. Got it. Noted. It also should be noted that uh, Jesse is actually married, Kev, which... Uh, <laughs> At 10 seconds, then. <laughs> definitely uh, scored up somebody who wants to be with him, unlike you. So anyway, we're going to go straight up to the flyweight category. Kevin, you're going to start us on this one. It is Chris Casario versus Sergio Pettis. 15 on the clock, go. I don't go against Pettis. I can't do it. He looks like a mini other Pettis, and I love it, and it confuses me. Sergio is the man. I choose Pettis. Best abs in the fight also. you know. All right, let's go ahead and switch on over to Jesse on this. Jesse, you got 15 seconds. Go. Going the other way, I got Cariasso. I think Pettis looks like that little midget thing off of the island of Dr. Moreau that followed uh, uh, Marlon Brando around. He's little and he's creepy, and you're right. He does look like Pettis. 
they look like the little fetal pettis that maybe they cut off in the delivery room and just try to pass it off as a smaller little brother. Going okay. You really, really bunched all that in there. Kev, what do you think about the Island of Dr. Moreau reference in there? I love that he referenced the movie with the Brando and not the book, because everyone yeah. knows the movie is the one that's uh, memorable. It's definitely... I'm embarrassed for him, right? Okay, okay. I'm going to switch back over to Jesse. Jesse, do you actually believe Kevin read that book? Not at all. Mm. Not at all. He's from Kansas. They don't get books out there. Uh, yeah, that's well. Okay. Hold on. Hey, Kev, yeah, I'm going to stop the clock here. Real <laughs> that's quick. pretty accurate. Jesse, where are you from? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. You grew up in Pittsburgh. That's yep. where you're born and raised. Yep. Why it's do a... I like? Why do I detect a slight Texas accent in you? You have a little bit of Southern accent in you. You know what? Pittsburgh just has the weirdest accent in the world. It just PA. meshes a bunch of dumb stuff together and tries to pass it off as its own. It's awful. Like their cuisine. <laughs> wow. Zing. Kev, did you note it, uh, notice anything about his accent when he's been talking this whole time? I thought he sounded very PA-ish, but I also have some Philadelphia relatives, quite a few. All right. Fair Since enough. All right. To me. You're not going to insult anybody then. We're going to go to our next fight. It is a heavyweight fight between Derek Lewis and Victor Pesta. And we're going to go ahead and start with you, Jesse, 15 on the clock. I'm going to go with Derek Lewis. I can't ever get bet against somebody who goes by the Black Beast. I mean, I don't really need to go on anymore. If you're confident enough to call yourself the Black Beast, I'm picking you every time. Uh, Kevin, some circles you were known as the White Beast. How do you feel about that pick? As offended by the name as ever. Victor Pesta is from the Czech Republic, which means he has nothing to lose. He's coming right. in a little bit more youthful, a little less heavy. I'm going with the new kid who's 10-1. and one. Okay, okay. What's your response to all of that, Jesse? Well, I, I think when you're coming from the Czech Republic, you don't have much to lose except this fight. And that's what is, what is exactly going to happen. Kevin, as somebody who never has anything to lose, what is your response to his analysis that this Russian has nothing to lose? A, Czech Republic and Russia, not technically the same, but Viktor Pesta sounds like pasta, and I'm in. Ooh, you do have a point, because I kept seeing it as pasta in my head, and yeah. I go, I don't know, it's hard yeah, to root against pasta. Like, I like this guy. All right. All right, Kev, we're going to go to our next fight. It's a flight weight bout. It's between Joseph Benavides and Ali Baganov. Kev, to you, 15. Uh, I've made this mistake before, too. I like Benavides. I think he has a lot of talent. But this is going to be my big upset pick. Ali Bogatinov. Will upset Benavidez. Okay. Jesse, what do you think? This is where I'm going to go ahead and agree. I, I like uh, Ali a lot, but I like his nickname a lot better. Going back to nicknames, he goes by the Puncher King. That Think is, about that for a second. Some yeah, dude from Russia that says Puncher King. Not Punching King. Not King of Punching. <laughs> not the King of Russia or Punching. No, no, no. Puncher King. Wait, go with the Puncher King. Which one was it? It, it was not the, the Puncher of Kings. Uh the king of Prussia. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, the fact that there is a king of Prussia road out there is the most ridiculous thing in the world. I laughed at somebody for an hour straight when they told me that's where they lived. Uh, Kev, let me ask you. Uh, you know, you're agreeing on your first pick together. Are you second guessing it now that you see that he feels the same way you do? Absolutely, and I'll tell you why. I once had to go to a little town called Wilkes Bar, PA, and I don't know how close that is to Jesse. It doesn't matter. Same state. Awful, 
awful. And the <laughs> fact that he agrees with me makes me want to really ping pong towards the Benavidez train. Okay. Are you? Can I? Yeah, sure. Done. Lock it in. All right. Now, here's the thing. Jesse, are you sensing any weakness from Kevin? Because he felt really strong and was talking a lot of shit about Joseph Benavides. But now yeah, he's changed totally. his mind. I offered him off of the train. I mean, he want, if he wants to go on with Joseph Benavides, I'm going to tell you it's a bad pick because Benavides <laughs> is hooked up with Megan Olivia, and he doesn't have to fight to prove anything anymore. He's got himself a good little girl. She's pretty. His head's out of the game. There's nothing to fight for anymore. <laughs> Unlike the puncher king. We've got to fight for everything now. I swear to God. If we can't get the Puncher King trending on Facebook or on Twitter on the day of the fight, we have failed as an MMA community. I'll just put that out there right now, everybody. All right, let's go to our next fight. It's a welterweight fight between Alan Jaban and Albert Timonov. <laughs> and this one goes to Jesse first. Shit. I'm going with Alan because... I, I I don't like to try to pronounce fighters' names that I don't know how to pronounce. I can never do Bruce Buffer's job. And I don't think this guy is really from a real place in the world at all. Um, I, it's it's some sort of like weird Chechen hyphenated place. And I think they just say, screw it, he's from Balkor. So if you can't even really pick the place where you're from, like how can I even like feel confident enough to say that you're going to win a fight? We're going with Joe Band by submission. Okay, Kev. Yeah, I, I'm i just going to say this. Alan Hoban really gives you that question where it's like, where do you fall on the Kinsey scale? Just so talented, so pretty. I, I got to go with the Brahma. Okay, okay. All right. Um, I mean... It's 2015. Yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, do you? how do you guys see this fight going? Do you have any guesses on this one, Jesse? I see my wife paying a lot of attention to this fight when it comes <laughs> on. Um, I'm not real sure why, but when Joe Ben comes on, she's like a real big fan. I, I don't know if it's because she's really into fashion or something, but um, that's how I see the fight going: is her staring really hard at the screen and me like staring really hard at her, trying to figure out why. Okay, okay. Well, Kev, it looks like divorce is amidst uh, us right now. Kev, what do you think of that? <laughs> I think you should go the opposite way and embrace the groove. Don't divorce over it. You know, ride a sexual wave that might take you to a real awakening. It gives me another five seconds on the clock anyway. Or were you talking about the fight? Because I get Hoban via triangle? I'd like that. I'd like that. Uh, I don't want to ask why you would like that, but uh, <laughs> I guess I'll just let that go. Uh, all right. Well, let's go to our next match because Kevin's going to go through some sexual reawakenings if we don't get there fast <laughs> enough. That's what she said. We'll go to our next fight. It is a featherweight fight between Yar Rodriguez and Dan Hooker. Kev, 15. Oh, Hooker. Hooker is done. <laughs> I thought about that. It didn't take me two seconds to make this decision. It's done. You're Dan a fucking the hangman child, Hooker. Kevin. You're a fucking <laughs> child. Uh, all right, Jesse, 15. You know, the last thing Hooker does uh, get some images in your head, you know, specifically the ones that I've seen in Vegas recently, but then you also want to think of like hook and shoot fighters, but uh, all that aside, his nickname is the hangman. And that's what he's going to be doing this weekend when Yair Rodriguez gets in them cheeks and shows him really, who's going to be the hooker on that one. Uh, Yair is going to dominate. I'm going to, I'm not... He's going to dominate KO. It's going to be a KO. Okay. Kev, I'm not even un- sure I understood like half 
of what Jesse was saying toward the end. I need all of you to calm down. Okay. As I can pitch an idea to you called Getting Them Cheeks, the Rash Guard series. (laughs) Yep. Is everybody on board with this? The three of us will go splitsies. You know, this is the type of thing that really makes people. Wow. Wow. Well, guys, if we can get if we can get getting them cheeks trending too, I I know a lot of a lot of guys that would find that to be hilarious too. Again, I'm not gonna take the easy joke and ask why do you know a lot of guys who would get in them cheeks, but you know, hey, guys, it's been a fun run here at Verbal Tap Cast. It was. I think eight forty Mountain Time. You can mark the end of the. That was the, the end. official podcast. Yeah, it's, it's good that he would be the death of us, but he, he is. So we're gonna we're gonna trudge through. He didn't Woo. write podcast survival guide, I guess. We did not. Nope. Kev, you're gonna lead us off on this next fight, and hopefully we'll rebound this motherfucker. But Kev, it's a lightweight fight between Ryan Bader and Rashad Evans. I am so excited. No, can't do it. I'll take Rashad Evans. Uh, this is going to be... Uh, you know, I like Ryan Bader. I like Rashad Evans. This is kind of the fun seniors match. But I want Rashad to come back because I love watching him win. He's so cocky, and I miss it. Okay. Jesse? I'm going to go with Bader. Uh, I just came from Masters World. I've seen a lot of old guys fight. I'm not really interested in seeing Rashad trying to come back out and get a good one going here. Bader's going to dominate. Okay. Okay, Kev. Do you have to say that this is a failed strategy from Ryan Bader when he was trying to get a fight from DC only moments after he got a title run in an almost <laughs> WWE esque way? Yeah, that was a real slap in the face. It's just like everyone else that's worked for, but Bader, they're like, "Yeah, good one, Ryan. That's funny stuff. Thanks for thanks for locking in a little attain- entertainment." Uh, he's gonna fight Gustafson. Okay. Now, let's go over to Jesse on that. Jesse, if you were to rate Ryan Bader's interruption on a scale of WWE, where would that fall in your own experience? I mean, it's definitely jabroni status for sure. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not it's not up there. He's not iron sheet class in any way. Uh, I'm going to have to put him somewhere in the lines of whenever they tried to make William Regal the working man. Uh, <laughs> if you wouldn't recall that, like, I can't, how that yeah. was just like a bad pitch and fail. Wow, that's the most specific wrestling angle we've ever had mentioned <laughs> on this podcast. That's amazing. I was actually going to put it more along the lines of when RoboCop interrupted in WCW. And uh, for those of you who haven't seen that footage, we will put it in this uh, week's write-up because you need to educate yourselves if you have not seen that that golden golden footage. Have you seen it, Jesse? I'm familiar. Oh, it's so funny. It's so funny because, Kev, uh, you were not a fan at this time or maybe ever. But at one point during a WCW event, and this is when they were really struggling to get a name for themselves, they did a product placement kind of thing to do a RoboCop mention. Like so they SNL had – style or – well, no, it was like, hey, RoboCop's here. Don't forget, RoboCop's in theaters. This oh, okay, week. okay. Right? So they had RoboCop come to the, you know, the cage to try and uh, interrupt things. But here's the problem, Kev. It was so laughably bad that everybody was <laughs> audibly jeering at RoboCop that poor RoboCop's costume, like the bottom portion of his leg, just was starting to fall off too. It was... 
one of the most embarrassing things I think that has ever been seen in pro wrestling, and that's saying something. Two things to note on that is that he yes. tag teamed with Sting in that in that particular event. Yes, and then it was later parodied by like a local wrestling event where they had a fat guy dress up like RoboCop. The footage yes. is out there somewhere if you want to Google it. It's hilarious. Ah, oh, it's so glorious. We'll we'll catch you up on it a little bit later. Hey, speaking of uh, pro wrestling, let's get back to this because our next fight is a heavyweight fight between Sean Jordan, who was last seen giving a super kick, versus Ruslan Magadov. And Kev, did you start the last one? Yes, I did. All right, I then Jesse starts this yeah. one. Uh, the Russians also always have sweet nicknames, and Ruslan's going to stick with that. He's known as the Leopard. He's also going to be known as the winner because Sean Jordan is just going to get outworked. I mean, he's a decent little athlete and ex-football player, whatever. None of that shit's wow. really going to matter when when Ruslan walks off and tells him, I must break you in Russia. Wow, okay, and, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, before you start yeah. quoting all of Rocky IV. Now, Ken, yeah, you're right, you're right. Here's the question I have for you before you even give your pick. Did you specifically hear the part of the podcast when Jesse referred to a heavyweight as a nice little athlete and a all. decent little athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he weighs 260 pounds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kev, you can now do your pick. 15. I'll take Sean the Savage Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> what is 18 that? and 6. That was Why were you channeling Creed at the end of that pick? No, that was the uh, Macho Man. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, no, he's not little John, Kev. Oh, shit. Uh, Skeet. <laughs> no. Okay. And can you have some respect for the dead, please? Jesus. Apologies. Um, I'm just going to ask you, Jesse, how ashamed of himself should Kevin be in that? I was wondering if it was really Macho Man's like corpse coming through the Ouija board or something because it was <laughs> sounding so bad. <laughs> Kev, I'll give you some time to respond. A Ouija board? Don't fuck around. It's close to Halloween. He knows I'm superstitious about this holiday. People will talk. This is not the time to be fucking with the gateway. What's the gateway, Kev? The Ouija board, ref. Mm, okay. So it really it scares you a little bit? Yeah, it, yeah, it okay. should scare everyone a little bit. So are we on record of acknowledging that I scared Kevin tonight? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, yeah. I, okay, didn't, cool. Cool. I didn't know it was this easy, but apparently uh, Kevin's scare tolerance is the equivalent of going to a 16-year-old slumber party, but hey, no big deal. First of all, those are really high social anxiety situations, mm-hmm. so maybe just don't talk a ton of shit on what young women go through. <laughs> Second, yeah, okay. I'm not, you shouldn't, it's like a real thing. The spiritual world exists. Sure. I'm closer so, to the mountains. I mean, Kev, if I were to say, you know, lie as a feather, stiff as a board, you wouldn't start getting all weird. If you said it once, no. But if you got repetitive about it. Like how many times? I don't know. Light as a feather, stiff as a board? You just. Jesse, you, you want to join in on this one? We are trying to light predict as a feather, UFC 192. Not. Light as a feather. It is not. The prom. You guys are. Who does Kevin think I live in a going city to loft. win? I don't know what this place was before this. Okay, Jessica I versus Juliana Pena. The ghosts go to the mountains because it's prettier here. 
And we Kev, I already started your time because I was already past the bit and was okay. doing Jessica I versus Juliana Pena. Go. Oh, I got to take me some Juliana Pena because I like it when people knock people out with style. Plus, we've talked to the Venezuelan vixen. Friend of the podcast. She is a friend of the podcast. All right. Who do you got, Jesse? I'm going to go with Jessica I. She's from the from my area, sort of. Uh, she's a bad chick, man. She's looking. At, yeah, not really. But she trains with people that I know. And uh, yeah, she knows she's crazy. She needs another win. She's like, coming off a bad loss. Ping is coming off a bad surgery, kind of, I guess. I'm going to go with I. Hey, Kev, did you catch the moment when Jesse wanted to play along and was like, yeah, I know people too, kind of. I mean, they know people I train with. It was cute. No, it was adorable. It was adorable, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like not as fantasy as you guys. But cool. Who can be? Uh, well, I think that exhausts that one. Let's go to our next fight. It is a lightweight fight. We're going to go ahead and have Jesse start us off on this one. It is between Francisco Trevino versus Sage Northcutt. Go. Northcutt. i got to take that every time. I love that name. I don't know. <laughs> It was kind of like how we were with Hooker. I just heard that, and I'm going to go with Sage Northcutt. It just sounds like a good candle. Okay. Okay, well, well, it's a Sage pick. Let's go ahead and go to Kevin on this one. Are you going to take the South Cut on this one, Kev? Uh, Yeah, I guess. And here's why. Here's why I'm going to take Trevino. Mm -hmm. His favorite submission, heel hook. Brown belt. I like it. Here's the thing, Kev. I've heard that that doesn't work in MMA. Uh, people don't tap to heel hooks in MMA? I just hear that heel hooks, they don't work in MMA. Frankly, we've seen that they do. You should just not hold them past their time, and we'll all, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what are you learning most about Kevin right now, Jesse? Well, I feel like he... he just kind of picks names, just whatever the second name that you throw out there. That's usually the one that he goes with and tries to be cute <laughs> with his decision. Um, I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of authority behind his picks, and that they're probably not, um, not ones that you want to put money on. This would be a, a much sharper quip if you hadn't have just picked Northcutt based on the name alone. But sure, you raise a valid concern, Kevin. Your response. <sighs> What? <laughs> wow. It doesn't was... matter what your response is. That's pretty good. All right, I'll accept that. Anybody who quotes The Rock will we'll get a free pass on this show. Hey, kids, in case you're listening in right now, this is about the time when I like to tell people, yes, we will be doing tiebreakers on fight of the night and performances of the night. But, Kev, what else happens right about this time? We get to make a bet, and I have a good idea for ours. Okay, Kev, you go. Uh, you want me to say it right now? Well, I mean, normally we let the guest kind of figure out what they'd like to do for a bet. So, I don't know. I mean, you can say it if you want to give them the idea. I don't know. I don't know, Kev. I don't know what your idea is on this one. We so, tell, uh, we dedicate our single worst white belt memory via YouTube video to the other. So, he okay. would do it to Verbal Tap Cast. I would do it to White Belt Survival. Hmm. What do I you think about that one, that. Yeah, you can get I can behind, get behind it. that. That's a good one. Yeah, I like it. You can get behind that like uh, a hooker or in them cheeks. Well, <laughs> only if they're Northcutt. 
Mm. Okay. In them cheeks at the In them North cheeks. Cut. Mm-hmm. Oh, highbrow. Uh, highbrow I mean, podcast tonight. Here's the thing. Jesse's definitely – okay, you're behind it. Jesse, I know we didn't give you a chance to pitch one, but did you have something in mind maybe to counter with? Because I think we're good on that, but it's always customary to give the guest, Kevin, as a host, the opportunity to pitch something. I think if I win – Kevin has to wear a shirt of my design that I will pay postage to and send it to you, and you'll have to wear it and post a picture on all forms of social media with a shirt of my design, which will consist mostly of a white Hanes T-shirt and black Sharpie marker. I will also reciprocate in the event that I lose. Oh, that's You know, Kev, this is good enough for me to make a ruling here yeah. and say we do both because I think it'd be a great way to uh, get people to talk about white belt. Cross pro uh, both. Yeah. High stakes. Uh, I like this. High yeah. stakes. Uh, Jesse, are you okay with that? I'm, I'm liking it. I'm just, I just got back from Vegas. I'm in a gambling mood. High stakes. Let's do it. Wow. <laughs> How much money did you lose in Vegas? Not a lot, actually. Not a lot. Like, just to be clear. I win. I get to design the shirt. Yeah, absolutely. That's how that works. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. I just so it's not implied yeah, yeah. that if you win, he also you, got to design. Like, no, I go. Okay. Exact inverse. Yeah. So video, yeah, you, but receive shirt. Where to local? Yes. This is good. Yeah. You. Yeah. You send me the shirt. I'll wear it. Take a picture. Post it online and do the video in the shirt. I'll take it to my weed dispensary. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jesse, I, I, because I'm so into this idea and we're all set on the agreement, it's going to be a video and shirt designed by the winner. Um, <laughs> uh, Jesse, did you ever consider the fact that whatever shirt you do design will immediately tank in business once Kevin puts it on? Yeah, uh, I'm kind of hoping that somebody thinks that that's real funny and makes a rash guard out of Kevin wearing it. <laughs> see kind of like Gary, when Gary Tonin had the grumpy cat rash guard, it's just going to be yeah. like a pixelated Kevin wearing my t-shirt. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll grapple with it. If I get invited to like a cool purple belt tournament when my knee's rehabbed, I'll wear it. I'll take it on. <laughs> Fuck it. That and my tights. Wow. Wow. Well, now you're getting a little too ahead of yourself, Kev. We're not giving away the tight rights yet. But uh, we can go ahead and go to our next fight. And, uh, Kev, this is going to be you picking on this one. Yes. It is Rose Namajunas versus Angela Hill. Overkill Hill scares the fuck out of me. And I like that she's the underdog in this fight. I like her just general tenacity. I think it's going to win in this division. Uh, Hopefully a strong gust of wind doesn't carry any of the 115 pounds people out of the ring. But... Angela over Kill Hill. All right. Jesse? Going the opposite way on this one. I like Rose Dominionis. I'll pick her every time. She's a beast in the ring. I like how she gets that Diaz mentality. She walks around, grits on people real hard, scratches up her eyebrows, and goes in there to throw. Um, I don't think she's going to get a performance of the night, but she's definitely going to get the win. Okay. This okay. is also a sneaky fight for best wardrobe of the night because both these fighters right. rock the really cool athletic girl wardrobe, uh, and those are always awesome. Kev, I do want to ask you, uh, your opponent over here just referred uh, to someone walking into a ring. Uh, how many times do they walk into a ring in the UFC, Kev? None times. Mm, okay. 
Just wanted to throw that out there. See if there is any more to it. Kev, do you have any more that you'd like to say about this fight? I do like Thug as a nickname for Namahunas, but mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a fun. These two are going to both come out throwing. This has a good fight of the night sneaker potential. Sneak? What's a sneaker, Kev? Sleeper. A sleeper. Oh, sorry. Sneaker. Okay. Sleeper. Uh, let's go ahead and go back to Jesse. Any response to what Kevin just said there? Well, when he started to say sleeper, it made me start thinking of the sleeper hole. And wouldn't it be really fun if Rose did finish her with a sleeper hole? So, <laughs> and, and maybe like a parlay bet if Rose wins with the sleeper hold, you know, like maybe we, we could figure something out later on down the line. But, you know, just, just put it out there. If she wins with the sleeper hold, I might have to do like a caveat and send you like a Burger King hat too. Yeah, <laughs> or wow. like a female grappling gear and be like wear the sports bra and those shorts to train one day to see <laughs> to what be people fair, do Kevin's already wearing the sports bra anyway when he absolutely trains. yeah it just keeps me supportive <laughs> so yeah, that, that might be it if, if she wins the, the shirt might be like cut up like a sports bra <laughs> if I release the chest pythons people get scared so I gotta keep those contained ref Wow, Kev. And you wow. can find out if you catch me surprised at any IBJJF sanctioned event. Yeah, definitely all of the IBJJF sanctioned events will allow Kevin to walk in. Pose those guns. Yep, okay. Whatever you want to pass off as guns. Hey, let's go back to you, Jesse, on this one. It is a welterweight fight, and I'm actually going to give 20 seconds on this one. It is a welterweight fight between Johnny Hendricks and Tyrone Woodley, who you got. Man, this is a good fight. Um, it, it's really tough to pick. I'm going to go with Ty Woodley on it, only because I think people have Hendricks figured out at this point. Um, the big rig nickname really isn't scaring people anymore. Woodley's on a run. Um, he just beat a very good Kelvin Gastelum, who may or may not be Johnny Hendricks without a beard. I'm not real sure yet, but um, <laughs> either way, I'm picking Woodley. Kev. Uh, I don't disagree with anything you just said, except the part about figured out Johnny Hendricks. I actually think this is the one fight Hendricks shows up for because he has been disappointing and he knows that I'm going to take Hendricks in a, I don't disagree that Woodley should be the favorite though, because this is going to be a good fight, but I take Hendricks. Okay. Now, Jesse, you mentioned in here that Johnny Hendricks without a beard, may be a little different. Are you saying that he's not at full power without his beard, almost in a Samson esque way? Well, as a beard professional myself, I can pretty much vouch for that being a real thing. If you're without your beard, you're, by definition, less of a man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, when Johnny Hendricks doesn't have a beard, he's definitely different. And I, I feel that that is reflected in Woodley's win over the beardless Kelvin Gastelum slash Johnny Hendricks. I, I, CSI still working on it right now. CSI, yeah, definitely. Definitely the group of folks who would investigate this. I would just like to say for the record, your beard is moderate. Guys, bad news. I think CSI is having like their last show right now. So Yes, Kev. Way to make it topical. Either if you're listening to this way in really the future. Not, but just remember Kevin dated this program very quickly. Fox. <laughs> CSI's finale. I was going to give you time to talk, now. Kevin, but I don't think I'm going to do it now. Fair. I'm taking away your time. Yeah. All right. Let's go to our next fight. Our next fight right over here, and uh, let's say that Jesse's going to start off with this one. It is Islam Makovic versus <laughs> Adriano Martins. 
you know what? I've never heard of Islam. Makovic, whatever, um, whatever his name is. I really don't know too much about him. So based off of that, I guess I'm going to have to go with Martins. Um, okay. He fights out of Brazil. I, I like Brazilian fighters. I'm going to go with that one. Kev? Well, just to be contrary, and frankly, I have heard of Islam, so I think I am a little bit more in the know, culturally, world's biggest religion. Just as a spoiler alert to the guest. So I'm going to take that guy. So let me get this straight. I want to go back over to you, Jesse. Are you saying that Islam is dangerous? You're scared of it? Uh, It's unconfirmed. Um you know, like I was hanging out with Kurt, like I said earlier, and he gave me some bad information or some good information on how bad ISIS is. <laughs> and, uh, so anytime that, that sort of thing comes up, I've just been uh, trained to learn to say fuck ISIS at this point. Two middle well, let's, hold on, hold on. Let's time out for a second because this sounds like it was 100% true. <laughs> Did you have a conversation with Kurt about <laughs> ISIS? And, and some- how? How did that come up? Well, mostly that came from the videos, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, when, what, yeah whenever I was talking with Kurt, I, I didn't want to beat his brain with too much jujitsu, so we kind of launched around to a bunch of different topics. What were his thoughts on, um, you know, on society right now? What what does he see society as right now? Well, right now he sees society as a bunch of degenerates because my favorite story he told me was as he was practicing tattooing that. Uh, the guys that are teaching him keep distracting him and taking him away from the drawings that he's working on. And while he's gone, they draw dicks on whatever it is that he's drawing. <laughs> so, yeah. So he said, like, I'll be working on, like, a real sweet screaming eagle. And I was like, hey, Kurt, come over here. And then whenever I come back, there's a big dick on my eagle. <laughs> like, why would you do that to him? He could beat you up so bad. He should. So that that's where... It, Kurt's vision on society right now. As soon as he turns his back, society's drawing dicks on his shit. Uh, to be fair, I mean, that is a major problem here in the United States. So uh, I hear his pain. Kev, let's get to this last fight because it is going to be, I think, a good fight, but I'm also a little weirded out. Like, I don't know if I can predict exactly how this is going to go, but I'm going to give you 20 seconds to try and figure it out. I can. Is- Alexander Gustafsson is going to come with the confidence of a Swedish lion. He's going to put some pressure on Cormier with that distance by staying elusive. Cormier is going to struggle to take him down. He's going to do what he did with John Jones, use that size, and neutralize the fuck out of D.C. This is going to be a tough fight because Gustafsson throws. All right, let's uh, go over to Jesse on this one. What do you got for us? Well, I can't agree with too much of uh, what Kev said except all of it. Um, I... I I got Cormier taking this one, and pretty easily. I I think Gustafson lost his soul whenever Rumble Johnson came into his hometown and took it and took it back to Florida with him. And I, I just don't think he's going to have the juice anymore to step in there with whoa, a big tough whoa, guy like that. So, whoa, let's not throw the word juice around. No one said juice. MMA. No one that said juice. Jesse Saxon from White Belt Survival. Everybody, Couldn't... just clarifying it. You can find him on Twitter. I heard Seuss. W like Survivor. Doctor Seuss. Yep, definitely Doctor Seuss. Not Juice, the awesome Tupac movie that sometimes gets forgotten in the shuffle of great Tupac movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's under, yeah, outside of this hey. other. 
Um, uh, anyway, um, so both of you are discounting DC on this one. I, I'm going with DC. He went with DC. He confusingly addressed it, but he's big on Cormier to win this fight. I want to say this, and maybe this is why, because you were using the deflection, but there is a perception here that, at least from Kevin on this podcast consistently, that devalues DC's wrestling. So my question to you is, Jesse, what is Kevin overlooking here? If it's not that, what is it? I, I think that you're kind of discounting that, like I said, I think Gustafson just is out of it mentally. I, I really think that that loss that he took from Rumble Johnson just knocks him completely out of it. And he, he gets put into a title shot, in my opinion, didn't deserve it. And, and plus, DC cuts better promo videos talking about Funfetti ice cream. Wow. Or icing. So that into consideration, when's the last sweet music video that Gustafson has put out? Decided never. Uh, you just mentioned Funfetti, right? That's I did. Okay, yeah, that's where I you, checked out because I started me, thinking about it with vanilla icing, and I could punch you right now. Yeah, I guess the idea is before we go any further, and I let Kevin get his jokes in. I just want to ask real quick, Jesse, are you a voter? Sure. Mm, yep. All right, that explains sure. everything. All right, Kevin, let's go over to you. Uh, what? Your response? <laughs> okay. Can we get back to the fight? Is that Can I respond fight-wise? Please do. Alexander Gustafsson has that distance that made Cormier look like a tiny little bitch. Like a tiny little bitch. When John Jones embarrassed him. Gustafsson might not have that caliber of wrestling, but he did have that caliber of countering it with John Jones. And here's the thing, Kev, is that he does bring up a good point. And this is something I did want to talk about, which is if you're looking at it, and this isn't a perfect science, but it is kind of one that we should consider, which is that Anthony Rumble Johnson was able to dismantle Alexander Gustafsson in a way that was it was rough. And it did leave a big hole in his, uh, I guess, psyche game. But Daniel Cormier basically destroyed Anthony Rumble Johnson. So are you bypassing that? Are you overlooking that? You're asking me? Yes. I was thinking as you're talking, it sounds like you're pretty high on Cormier. No, I'm not bypassing that because Rumble Johnson also kind of is that person that will go like a wrecking ball and sometimes the wrecking ball wins, sometimes it doesn't. That's just kind of how he fights. So sometimes, yeah, I think he's I think he's much more quick than Cormier. Cormier was has not been quick in a while. He just hasn't been. Well, the the wrecking ball really hasn't lost sand of the Cormier fight since Vitro Belfort three years ago. I mean, the guy went on a complete devastation torch of two thousand and fourteen and thirteen, going as far as to ripping off Andre Olovsky's jaw. Cormier took that no problem and submitted him in the third round. So, I mean, kind of sticking with the theme of jiu-jitsu this weekend, Cormier's a brown belt and a very legit wrestler. I think he's going to get Gustafson down with no problem with some sort of trip and just basically hold him down to the ground and do whatever it is that he wanted to do to him and submit him, if not elbow in the face. Did you just say holding down on the brown? <laughs> do whatever he wants yeah. to him. Okay. Phrasing. Are we still doing phrasing? Listen, it was a long day of traveling today. 
Yeah, I know. I hate when my casual racism just makes it out of my mouth, no matter how tired in Vegas I am. Kev, um, how how are you going to hold down them Browns? If I were trying to keep Cormier out of this fight, you know, mm-hmm. I'd just I'd play that hard, hard half guard, deep half guard game, sweep right out. You do love that. He, so. Wrestlers can't do it. They just zip right over. They keep falling. Mm, okay. All right. Good to know, Kev. I mean, <sighs> anyway. Well, I think that concludes our look at that fight. But, gentlemen, I think it's time to go and talk about who we think will win for the fight of the night and performances of the night. And it is customary for our guests to go first. So, Jesse, who do you got? Performance of the night is going to be um, Cormier. And fight of the night is going to be the main event. Okay, and uh, there's two performances of the night. So, is there somebody else that you think will end up eking out one of those? Oh, I think you guys kind of swayed me on that one. It might be uh, Rose Namajunas. Okay, might get a performance of the night. Yeah. All right, Kev. Uh, Fight of the night: Cormier Gustafson. Mm -hmm. Performance of the night: Hendricks. Okay. Other performance of the night, Huban, and is that all of them? I think you did all of them. Let's do it. Well, gentlemen, that sounds like a great uh, series of bets. And I took the safe bitch way out. I really did. You always do, though, Kev, uh, if we're being fair. Listen, Jesse, we can't thank you enough for going over all of that with us. That was really cool that you were able to talk about uh, Master's Worlds with us, uh, talk a little shit. Before we do let you go, I do want to say this. You do know a, a mutual friend of ours, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, and who would that mutual friend be? Then Marshall Carper. Yes. Okay. Did you happen okay. to see one of his most recent status updates? Uh, Marshall Carper, for those of you who don't know, uh, the very, very nice and uh, awesome writer from the Cauliflower Chronicles. Uh, he also is the guy behind Artichoke Media, has a new cool video game out there you can play jujitsu on. I mean, list goes on and on. He's a good person. But did you see his last status update? I don't think so. Okay. Would you like me to read it to you? Please do. Okay. Marshall Carper, yesterday, 12 p.m. Karis, his wife, laughed way Uh too hard when I asked, do you just love me for my body? (laughs) Okay. So your response to that and also – laughing way too hard. (laughs) What is wrong with Marshall? Well, you see, Marshall is a – like you said, he's a very genuine, sweet, good dude, man. Like I, I really can't say anything bad about the guy, but uh but if you had to. his relationship with his wife is just like so fun. Like they're both <laughs> funny, good people and like just the way that you, you put that out there like that with that status update kinda gives you a good little look into the the quick jabs that they give each other back and forth. I mean, clearly, she is the more awesome of the two, so that's not a problem. I think we all know that. Yeah, and I think she also has a, a forming or a, yeah, forming budding rap career with another one of our training partners. <laughs> is that Nick? Yeah. Oh my God, Nick is the best. Was Nick the person you Nick, were trying to razor's edge? That's what I was going to say. Nick was actually the guy I was giving the razor's edge to. Yeah. Because when I saw him in a video when they were starting to do the podcast, which, by the way. 
boo new podcast uh <laughs> when i saw that i go where do i know this kid before and i go oh shit is that him he's a tiny kid yeah, you picked up yeah, a tiny I start kid. Calling him, i'm trying to get everybody to start calling him the tiny shark Ugh. and it became only slightly less Tribal impressive shark. that you were razor's edging that poor kid because i was like he seems like a good kid what are you doing picking on him <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I know. I know. You're a dick. It's fine. Jesse, yeah. Uh, yeah. where can people find you on the interwebs? On the Internet, uh, on Twitter at WB Survival, on Facebook at WB Survival and on Instagram at WB Survival. If uh, you guys want to swing by the uh, blog, it's White Belt Survival Strategy dot blogspot dot com. And if you ever want to come hang out in person, come to Pittsburgh and train at Steel City Martial Arts with me, Marshall Carper, his rapper wife, Karis, and the tiny shark, Nick Schaefer. Sounds like a good time. We'll never take you up on it. However, Kev, sure. uh, do you have any departing words for your opponent here? I cannot wait to make a shirt for you and hear your white belt story dedicated to me after victory because this was a violent lashing. <laughs> That's anything, Jesse? Do you, and do you have anything and sorry, guys, I didn't realize. <laughs> and you didn't realize what, Kev? You guys were just going to go silent after I dropped such that bomb. Mm, no, I think it was more so out of pity. However, uh, Jesse, I did want to say thank you so much for stopping by. Are you willing to uh, drop back in with us next week to find out how the picks went? You bet. You, we could do it again anytime. Sounds great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Jesse Saxon, thank you so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun, man. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me, guys. I Check him it. out. White Belt Six Sigma. No, fuck. That's not it. No. White Belt Motivational. Ev- no. What's the? God damn it, Kevin. White Belt Survival at WC for WB Survival. <laughs> <laughs> Raph, what a fun podcast. Jesse's great. You know, not at picking, but just at being here. Are you prepared to lose to him, though? No. No. Not even. You never are, though, but. Do you ever? First of all, I have a swagger right now. I have a two-stroke swagger that you are not giving me enough credit for. Why should I give you credit when you still have a losing record? Because of recency. That's fine, but do you want to give recency to the Raiders? To the to the what? The Raiders. Oh, kinda. Derek Carr looks legit. So I guess what I'm saying to you is, Kev, uh, the super moon is (laughs) happening, folks, and it's fucking dumb. And yeah. we've made our way through it. And I'm glad you were able to stick around. And, uh, yeah, you know, Jesse's good. But this supermoon, did we learn anything different? Did anything happen, Kev? Uh, there was a moment when it felt like it got a little redder in here. But that could have also <laughs> been I kind of choked on a Coors Light drink. It's true. Coors Light, the unofficial beer of the podcast Coors Light will gladly take any sponsorship you'll give us is that good is that good that's great taste the Rockies Ooh, hey you live in the Rockies now I'm in the Rockies hey Coors Light give us money please
Uh, well, I guess we should shut this thing down. Oh, yeah, it's time for shout-outs. I'll start, because I have a short list, because I don't know many people right now. <laughs> My parents came into town. Yes, they did, just to, you know, say, hey, see the area. They're also maybe looking for land out in the great, vast wonderment of Colorado. For a little mountain land, Raph. So, you know, look look forward to verbal tap retreat gym <laughs> retreat gym i'm gonna build a barn gym is this where people go to high altitude train yes it is damn you know i haven't thought about that with you does that mean you're gonna be like actually like have endurance i now? meet the surgeon on thursday i'm gonna mm-hmm. tell him to fix this fucker as fast as he can and then yes that means i am moving uh to high altitude training mm. yeah with a I mean, host you, of new varieties of black belts and brown belts and people to beat the shit out of me. That's Purple great. And I mean, you, you could use the high altitude training. So that's great. Can't wait. So, great to see my parents. Jason Warren also swung by to see the fireworks on Friday night. What a weird drop-in. Weird drop-in. <laughs> he texted me. He was like, hey, I'm going to be in D.C. Second week of October. We should get a drink. It's like, love D.C. Used to live there. Uh, don't live there now, live in Denver. And he was like, I'm in Denver. Like, Crazy. Small world. Uh, you know, I'm friends with uh, our good friend, Jason, but uh, stalker status? It's not like he stayed. He just came from no, I mean, I get it. I get it. I'm just saying, what a weird you think transition like, hey, from... He, you think he rope-a-doped me with the DC one? I wouldn't put it past him. He's a Ooh, smart guy. He's a smart guy. Rope a dope. He was like, he's gonna say he's not in DC. And, and if I'm Denver being honest, thing. not very difficult to outsmart you. So, you know, how dare you? Anyway, great to see those guys out here in sunny Denver, Colorado. We watched the fireworks. It was amazing, Ralph. Right here awesome. off the apartment balcony, and that's gonna do it for me. Uh, I want to go ahead and start by saying. Shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center. So, Kev, you remember rolling with uh, my good friend Carlos? Yes, I do. What do you remember most about rolling with him? How easy it was to beat. I'm kidding. Uh, Tough guard. Tough guard. Okay. That's a a good way to remember him. Uh, Carlos is always good. Uh, He is actually better than I think even uh, way better from the last time you have rolled with him. Uh, he's always innovating, very risky. And, that and doesn't sound like the people at VMAC. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just... <laughs> so anyway, uh, the fun part about Carlos is we have this thing where we just always pick up where we leave off. Like, for whatever reason, he and I just don't submit each other. He knows what I'm going to do. I know what he's going to do. But we have the most fun with it because we always just pick up and we're like, where do we leave off? Were you in guard or something? I don't know. We'll figure it out from there. And we just feel like it's a never-ending continuation. Like we just pick up exactly the next roll and it's always fun. Today we we rolled like about three or four times. And then we finish and we just look at each other. We're like, oh, man, I thought you were going to finish this. I thought you were going to get this. He's like, no, I thought you were going to finish this. We do one more roll and then the both of us right after the bell rings, we just literally collapse. Both at the same time. We don't move for 30 seconds. 
Uh, we're going to put up a, a photo of that. <laughs> Somebody nicely got of the two of us after the role. But I wanted to give big congratulations to him. He's always my one of my favorite people to train with. It's just uh, – he's also now becoming – I don't know if you know this, Kev, but – do you have somebody that when you would train, you accidentally get in those hits that you don't mean to get in? Like you'll like headbutt them accidentally or sometimes you're trying to get a grip and you end up like kind of punching them in a certain way? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, today, you could tell that we know each other so well that we were seconds away from headbutting each other as I'm trying to pass and he's trying to prevent it. But we actually stopped. We just stopped right in the middle of it and we're like, ah, you're going to do that. Okay, cool. Let's keep going. So that's the type of uh, caliber of, uh, of training part you have over at Valley Martial Arts Center. So props to them. I want to go ahead and give props to our good friends at Breakdown Academy. And, uh, you know, Jevons, he's always up to stuff. This Jevons, I tell you things, Kevin. I mean, he is up to something. It's as if the two of us may be doing something else very soon. Yay! I don't know when, though it could be, I guess, if we were giving away hints two Sundays from now. But I, I don't know, Kev. I just I can't say anymore. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Okay. Noted. Okay. okay. Uh, so anyway, props over to them and uh, the awesome training partner and Andre over there. So I want to say a shout out to him and uh, you know, I mean, it's been good times. And I also want to shout out my good cousin, Marty, because uh, Marty was actually shooting me texts. I was actually doing other work yesterday as I was watching the fights and uh, I didn't get to watch it for, uh, I think the main event live. And he was very nicely sending me texts and giving me updates as it was going along. So Obviously, shout out to him. Shout outs to all of our good friends, including Jesse, uh, Nick Gregor Artis, everybody who competed over at Masters Worlds. We are sorry we couldn't get out there to Vegas, but we heard great, great things and uh, so happy for so many of our friends, including some really great performances from uh, the Jean-Jacques family. Uh, Scott DeWitt went double gold, which awesome. And uh, Jules, we want to say congratulations to you as well. So uh, to everybody, good, good stuff and so happy to hear and read about it. And if you didn't place, I mean. Congrats on competing. Congrats on competing, but like nothing to be ashamed of. So uh, congrats for getting out there. We just love hearing that. And uh, obviously your game must be getting better or, you know, it's about to. So no surprises there. And that'll do it for me. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. I'm staring at the Yeah. Wow.